The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 24th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Banditos' fresh made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Halk. Breaking, breaking, breaking. I am Nick, news anchor of the Fighting Irish Preview News Network. The National Organization of Unreasonable Notre Dame Fans, also known by acronym as No Fun, is holding a press conference via Zoom to announce the new standards they expect of the Notre Dame football team, and we now join it in progress. Uh, thank you. I am Joe A. Diehard, self-appointed executive director of the National Organization of Unreasonable Notre Dame Fans, also known as No Fun. I, I, I mean, we represent millions of social media users worldwide who say they love Notre Dame football. In light of the recent loss in the rematch with Clemson and the unacceptable current season record of 10-1, and it has become clear that Notre Dame football is not meeting the standards to which I, I, I mean, we are entitled. Therefore, I, I, I mean, we, we have decided to proclaim and memorialize the precise standards that henceforth Brian Kelly and Notre Dame football must meet or be subject to my, uh, I mean, I mean, are unmerciful ridicule on social media. So, after an in-depth deliberative process conducted by Twitter at halftime of the ND Clemson rematch game, here are my, uh, I mean, are standards. Notre Dame must defeat all teams. This is number one. Notre Dame must defeat all teams by a minimum of five touchdowns. And, of course, all extra points have to be good and straight down the middle. Two, any opponent not in the top three nationally must be held to zero points. Three, opposing quarterbacks must be sacked a minimum of five times per game. Four, Kyle Hamilton must intercept a minimum of two passes per game. Five, one half of all passes must be thrown to a freshman four or five-star can't-miss prospect that has not played yet. The other half of the passes are to go to Michael Bayer because he is a beast. And six, Ian Buck, for playing a role in four losses in his 34 starts, is hereby placed on double-secret probation forever. Those are our standards. Govern yourselves accordingly. Thank you, and go Irish. Wow, a sign of the times. Joe A. Diehard of the National Organization of Unreasonable Notre Dame Fans, No Fun, has laid it all on the line as to what presumably would make him, uh, uh, I mean, the members of this organization happy. This has been breaking news on the Fighting Irish Preview News Network. I'm Nick Newsanchor, and now back to our regular programming. After the disappointing loss in the Clemson rematch, social media was not happy. I get it, neither was I, but a certain bit of perspective hopefully has sunk in since. The ultimate goal of any college football season is to win the national championship. And as of now, over 120 other college football teams have been eliminated from that possibility. Only four remain, and one of them is Notre Dame. Go Irish, indeed. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight 
From America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, Senior Editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. Raise the bar. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere, and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, good to be back with you after a week off. Uh, so let's get everybody ready for some playoff football. First of all, I think we got to put to bed the uh, the Clemson game. Uh, we haven't talked since then. Thirty-four to ten loss uh, to close the season, and like everybody else, you know that makes you worry, of course. And Tim, my question is simple: What is the biggest thing in that game that went wrong for the Irish? Whew, uh, there were so many things. <laughs> okay, you know, I, I mean, I, th- I think the key was that Norton had to some sustain things offensively, and after converting their first two third downs, they went eight straight third downs without converting. And then, I mean, that's when, you know, Clemson outscored them 17 to nothing in the, in the second quarter and the game turned just as it had two years ago in the Cotton Bowl against Clemson. So, I mean, there are many things, certainly the, the inability to take advantage of, I mean, realistically, Notre Dame could have scored 17 points in its first three possessions and they ended up with three. And then Trevor Lawrence got rolling and that was, uh, that was the ball game at that point. Yeah. Inability to, to, uh, capitalize on those early opportunities without question. And another thing, though, 
uh, part and parcel of that inability of the offense to be consistent. Ian Book, 10 carries, negative 35 yards. He was uh, sacked six times in the game. How did Clemson manage to bottle him up? Because they didn't in the first game uh, back in November. Yeah, they, they they used a and coaches will say they flattened their pass rush instead of their defensive ends firing upfield, which they still did. But when they saw that there might be that 45 degree angle release run for book, they slid back inside. And so they flattened out the rush. And at his size, once they pin him in the pocket and surround him and compress the pocket, it's always been difficult for him to see the middle of the field, and I think he missed some receivers that might have been open on a few occasions uh, in the middle of the field. But uh, they did a great job. And really, I've said this, you know, people say, well, Brent Venables outcoached Tommy Reese. Well, Tommy Reese outcoached Brent Venables the first time. I don't know why Venables didn't change up his approach as Book continued to, to continuously beat them with his feet. Yeah, and and you know, just maybe, maybe they'll who knows they'll maybe they'll get to play a rubber match as we just heard Brian Kelly talking about. Wouldn't that be something? Now, uh, but but if they're going to get there, Ian Book's going to have to find a way to scramble and gain some yards offensively. Uh, Tim, games like the Clemson game and the game coming up, of course, uh, uh, this weekend, uh, good measuring sticks for the program. Uh, so after the split with Clemson. Big picture, where would you say the Notre Dame program stands in the big picture long-term nationally at this point? Well, I would agree with what Brian Kelly has said. He's sensitive when people ask him if they have something to prove, and he says no. Uh, There might be a better answer for that because, of course, they have something to prove. But he also has said that they're knocking on the door, um, you know, right behind the Alabamas and Clemsons and Ohio States, and that is accurate. Uh, I do believe I do believe they're trending in that direction. They're still 43 and seven. And while a lot of people that we deal with want to change head coaches to see if they can be, you know, 46 and four instead of 43 and seven, you don't abandon that because this is the guy that has brought them to the cusp of, of knocking down that door as, as he says. So they're right there. Um, they need to have a few a few better players to, to match up with the personnel that Clemson, Ohio State, and certainly Alabama has. But they're right there, and and you don't change you don't change what's been a good thing. You try to build upon what's been a good thing. Well, you know, and it seems like uh, it, it, there is a talent disparity. Notre Dame is probably in that top ten, maybe the top six. Uh, long term, Brian Kelly's gotten them in a really good position. But if you look at the recruiting rankings over the last five, ten years, it's Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson. Those guys are always there. Ohio State sneaks in there too, and Notre Dame has got top ten classes, uh, really good. Don't know how we get there exactly. Uh, well, the next day after losing. To Clemson, despite the drama that ESPN tried to create, Notre Dame, to nobody's surprise, got to the number four seed. Uh, off the top of the show uh, that you haven't heard yet, we poked a little fun at the fans uh, unhappy with a 10-1 season and playoff appearance. But why are so many Notre Dame fans seemingly not happy about the fact Notre Dame is 10-1 and and they're in the CFP? Come on. Well, they've been in the playoffs two of the last three years. And, and over the course of time, the, the mindset that's been developed is if you're, if you're not in first place, you're in last place, which is 
I mean, to me, that's macho bravado that, that isn't real. You know, it's, it's the journey. It's the process. It's what you're able to accomplish along the way. We would all, those that have a rooting interest in Notre Dame, would all like to see them win national titles. But when you watch Alabama and Clemson, Ohio State play when they're playing somebody other than Notre Dame, you see many of the similar things that have occurred with Notre Dame. I, I'm not saying that's okay to get hammered in, in big games, um, but, <laughs> you know, like I've been asked whether whether if they lose the last two games a year to Clemson, Alabama, if that invalidates the entire season. Well, that's ridiculous. Uh, what happened is what happened. They beat number one Clemson. Did they get some help with Trevor Lawrence and some defensive players not participating? Absolutely. But Notre Dame was ready to play, was more ready to play that game, and they won. The win at North Carolina was huge and a great game. So, uh, you know, I always say, Phil, and, and people get upset when I say it, but but those that have that attitude that if you're if you're not first, you're last, generally tells me that you have never been in the, the arena and, and fully understand the process and the journey that takes place with athletic teams, especially this year when you consider the COVID year and everything that Notre Dame's gone through and the discipline and the quality play that Notre Dame's had this year. Well, it's a cliche, but it is hard to win. It truly is. And uh, Notre Dame's been winning a lot the last several years. Uh, Tim, and, and, and you talked about big games and the ND Alabama series. Let's talk about that. Uh, they've played seven times in their history, and this weekend will be the eighth. Indy leads that series five to two, and you wrote a, an excellent article on irishillustrated.com this week about it. There was a time that Bama couldn't beat Notre Dame, and would it be fair to say that those losses, uh, four in a row, really seemed to haunt Bear Bryant, the Hall of Fame coach from Alabama? Well, there's no doubt about it. I, I dug up some quotes from him back in the day when Notre Dame won by one point, two points, three points, and seven points over Alabama and Bear Bryant, and it was very frustrating for him. Uh, you know, you and I remember as kids as the '73 national title, that great 24-23 win. Uh, over Alabama. They played the very next year with less at stake. Notre Dame won by two. And then they played in in, in uh, a couple times after that and, and Notre Dame won. So, yeah, it was very frustrating. And, uh, um, you know, when you win four in a row against Bear Bryant, um, that actually, I don't think the fourth game was against Bear Bryant, but the, the third one was. And, and that's one heck of an accomplishment back in the time when Alabama was about as dominant as they are now. Yeah, four victories by a total of 14 points. And uh, that was uh, a tremendous uh, eight years run in that series. Uh, finally, Bama broke through 1986. Uh, that was Lou's first season. They, they finally won a game. Lou got his revenge in 87, beating Bama 37 to 6. And then, of course, the 12. 2012 BCS championship game uh, where Alabama had their way. Uh, a rare chance this week, Tim, to uh, talk to the coordinators. And my first ever, for me personally, extended time listening to Clark Lee. Yeah, very impressive guy. I can see why he's moving up the coaching ladder. And Tim, he was, he was particularly descriptive of his uh, Mike linebacker, Drew White. Tim, he, he called him a maniac who blocks out during games. Explain what Lee meant by that. It was it was really a great moment in the press conference. Well, because anyone that's talked to Drew White knows, you know, off the field, he's a pretty soft-spoken, mild-mannered guy. I, I don't know that I've ever uh, watched 
Drew White and thought he was maniacal, which is the word that that Clark Lee used. But he would know. He he would know because he's around him all the time, and he's really, you know, he's an undersized player. He was a guy that was counted out. I think Clark Lee said that that day as well. You know, he had an injury, had a skiing injury in between the start of spring drills and the return to spring practice after spring break. So he missed out on an opportunity to win the job then. But he ended up winning it in the fall. And he's really, he is a great kid. He is undersized, but he's a very productive inside linebacker. Alabama's inside linebackers are four or five star guys. Drew White was the 970th player ranked in his class. And I, having watched all of Alabama's film this year, certainly he's not on the level of those two guys athletically, but I would say Drew White's been a more effective, more consistent inside linebacker than either one of Alabama's. And he's planning on going to med school, I might add, and uh, I hope he doesn't black out while he's doing that uh, part of his career once he gets to it. Uh, Tim, I thought in the interviews this week, and we sat through a bunch of them from offensive and defensive players, about uh, oh, about a dozen of them. Uh, the Irish players, I thought, sounded every bit a team that was focused and not buying into the narrative about them having no chance. What do you get from take from this, and what is the temperature of this team right now? I would agree with that, Phil. And, and Brian Kelly was asked about this. He said this twice now, that the mindset against Clemson game two just wasn't there. Um, and, I, you know, I mean, as much as you would like to say, hey, we're going to shut that out and win this second game with Clemson, the reality was that Clemson had to win that game to make the playoffs, and Notre Dame didn't. Uh, so Brian Kelly is assured that the mindset is much more similar to the first time they played Clemson than the second. Uh, and that's a good thing because you got to be extremely, totally focused to play Alabama. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I really liked a lot of those comments. They've got to be more focused, and I think they are. Uh, Kyron Williams' comment about the long shot narrative. He says, that's okay. We, we don't want anyone to believe in us besides us. And that's Kyron Williams talking uh, in typical fashion that he has. Uh, Tim, one quick hit. Can we turn for a moment to next season? The 2021 Irish schedule will include Wisconsin, Cincinnati, USC, we hope. USC, uh, North Carolina, but no Clemson. Overall, what's the outlook for the 2021 Irish? Well, they have to make a decision at quarterback. Do they go dread grad transfer route or do they go young? Uh, I think they'll look at a grad transfer. I'm not saying they'll actually sign one, but I, they will definitely look at that. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the offensive line because they could lose four starters if Aaron Banks goes with the other guys. Um, you know, and then you're, I mean, you're, you're transitioning at receiver. Uh, so they have, they have some, they'll be good at running backs really. So they'll have some things to, 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 uh, improve upon there. And then defensively, um, you know, you, you get most of your defensive line back, except your pass rushing defensive end. So they've got to develop that. It's a bit of a transition. I'm not going to go through every position, but it's a bit of a transition next year. I think they'll still be good. Playoff level, as I look at it right now, I, I think they're going to have to make some significant improvements. Well, yes, a rebuilding year, but with a chance to be a reloading year for the Irish. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 354th edition of... Fighting Irish Preview. Shine the light into my room. 
Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushy's. Your clear choice is Bushy's. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Notre Dame is 19 and 19 over their history in bowl games. And they lead the all-time series against Alabama five games to two. Three of those games were bowls. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview. It's ND versus Alabama in the Rose Bowl CFP semifinal game this week. TV coverage on ESPN starts at 4 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons, we share your boating passion. Last show, we concluded our series on the great pass receivers of the Brian Kelly years. And this week, for our bowl edition special, let's talk about the hero of the 1925 Rose Bowl. That game matched up two legendary coaches, Pop Warner and Newt Rockney, and some legendary players. The great fullback Ernie Nevers took the field for Stanford. And for the Irish in their last ND game together, the Four Horsemen. Stanford arguably dominated, but made mistakes, lots of them. Eight turnovers to be exact. And the star for the Irish that took advantage of those mistakes was one of the Four Horsemen, Elmer Layden. Off a turnover in the second quarter, Layden gave the Irish the lead on a three-yard touchdown run. Later, Layden came up with not one, but two pick-six plays, one a 78-yard interception return, and the other a 70-yard return. Layton also accounted for the fourth touchdown with a 65-yard touchdown pass. On the strength of that performance, the Irish prevailed 27-10 and completed a 9-0 season and was awarded the national championship. Elmer Layton hailed from Davenport, Iowa, had an impressive career after his four horsemen days, went into coaching, and in 1934 took over the top job in South Bend. Over seven years at Notre Dame, he compiled an excellent 47-13-3 record. And then in 1941, he accepted an opportunity to become the first commissioner of the fledgling National Football League, a role he filled for five years. 
Layden was a steady hand as the league navigated the turbulent war years and instability among its team. Tim, Elmer Layden passed away in 1973 at the age of 70. Successful head coach, uh, first commissioner of the NFL, and one of the four horsemen. I would say that Elmer Layden had a triple crown career and is one of the more underappreciated characters in Notre Dame football history. I would agree with that, Phil. And a lot of the stars for Rockney ended up in coaching, at least for a while. And for him to become the commissioner, isn't that, I mean, that's so Notre Dame, you know, a former Notre Dame player going from coach to being commissioner of, uh, of, of the professional league. But how about that Rose Bowl game? I was wondering whether they gave out MVPs for games back then. I figured that they didn't. And you unearthed a little bit of information pertaining to that. Yeah, I did. Uh, they didn't give out MVPs, but uh, back in the 50s, uh, realizing that that was then a thing, the uh, Rose Bowl committee got together and named the MVPs from all the past games. And, of course, Layden got named as a co-MVP of the 25 Rose Bowl, along with the uh, fullback for Stanford, Ernie Nevers. Folks, during the offseason, look for my in-depth story on the great Elmer Layden, an all-time Irish hero. Elmer Layden, another Marina at Lake Gage, all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. Alabama is 11-0. Two weeks ago, they won their fifth SEC championship in the last seven years when they outscored Florida and Kyle Trask 52-46. to On both sides of the ball, this team is loaded with four- and five-star talent. Bama is fifth in total offense and score 49.7 points per game, second-best nationally. 6'3 junior Mac Jones is the trigger man and completes 77% of his passes, good for 3,739 yards. He's tossed 32 TD passes and just four interceptions. Catching the football among a deep group is 6'1 senior Devontae Smith, and he is a game-breaker. 98 catches, 1,500 yards, 17 touchdown catches, tops in the country. The running game is keyed by senior Najee Harris, a big back at 6'2", 230. He's rushed for... 1,262 yards and has run for 24 touchdowns, also tops in the country. On defense, the Tide has shown some vulnerability. They've been soft on third down, and they gave up 48 points to Old Miss and 46 to Florida. Despite those numbers, they rank among the 20 best scoring defenses in the nation and give up just 3.2 yards per carry. They are young overall, technically sound, but not particularly flashy. Tim, the task for the Irish won't be easy. Uh, but to me, seems pretty clear. Find a way to slow down that tight offense. Definitely take some deep shots, but establish Kyron Williams and shorten the game. So, Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? It, it goes without saying that if Alabama has a typical offensive day, which is 49.7 points per game, Burden can't win. So, I mean, they've got to stop Najee Harris. They've got to prevent Devontae Smith from big plays. It's it's such a difficult combination to stop. So that's how you don't lose. How you win is you got to you have to possess the football. You've got to be on third uh, good on third down. That's an area where Alabama is 71st in the country defensively. They they tend to play down to the to the better teams on third down and and 
shine when they play the the worst teams on third down. So Notre Dame's got to they've got to win those third downs. They've got to possess the football. They have to have the football for about thirty four minutes of the game, and then of course you have to take advantage of that and, and follow through in the red zone. And that's another problem because Alabama's pretty good at that. But to win it, that's what you need to do. Well, win third down and possess the football. I think that would be the the two biggest keys. And those are Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage keys to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, I would start with Ian Book because he has to run. And when he runs, that opens up the passing game, in particular to the whiteouts. So my choice is Javon McKinley. It's a tough matchup. He's probably going to get a whole bunch of Patrick Sertan, who's very, very good. But Devon McKinley has to have a big game. Ben Skronik has to have a big game. Avery Davis, the combination of those three, not necessarily each individual, but the combination of those three wideouts have to perform. And Javon McKinley has been the guy that has won most of the downfield uh, victories when when they have had success offensively. Well, we've seen a lot of development out of Javon McKinley uh, this season and, and last season, and he needs to go to a new level. And he is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report. Brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now at 20 Indiana locations. Uh, Tim, how did the Irish stand help-wise heading into the playoff? And let's talk about that center position and who's going to see the field for the Irish in the middle of the offensive line. Yeah, most of it, Phil, is the is the center position, and I think I think the fans are on the side of Zeke Corral because they like the way he he effectively and aggressively played against North Carolina as one star. But he's been trying to bounce back from a high ankle sprain. Brian Kelly's trying to keep it a mystery. And uh, on two occasions, his players have kind of already revealed who's going to start. It's going to be Josh Ludd. Brian Kelly mentioned that they could both play. And I think that's a possibility, uh, but it would be more if Ludd struggled. They like the fact that he has more experience. He's a bigger guy, which you need against Alabama. Corral's more of a technician, but I think it'll be Ludd. And then, uh, of course, Kyle Hamilton, he was he was injured in the in the Clemson game. If he's not 100%, he'll be very close, and very close for Kyle Hamilton means a really strong performance. Well, two critical things that the Irish are going to need to have success, and that's uh, the offensive line. So, uh, Josh Lugg, it looks like it is, and Kyle Hamilton has to have a big day. Thanks, Tim, and that is your Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Uh, Tim Priester, before we get to the game at hand, give us a quick hit on the other semifinal game, Ohio State-Clemson. What do you think? You know, I've been thinking Clemson all along because it hasn't been a typical Ohio State year for a lot of reasons, including playing half the games of, of everybody else. Uh, I, I like Clemson. I mean, I think ultimately Clemson wins the football game. I've seen the point spread at seven and a half. And I initially thought that, that Clemson was a better team who would cover that. I, I would take Ohio State in the points, but I think ultimately Clemson wins that football game. They're, they're the more well-rounded, uh, more proven football team, and they're on a little bit of a roll after the ACC championship. Yeah, more proven and just too much Trevor Lawrence here. I think the Tigers will roll as well. Thanks, Tim. And now the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Vegas says Alabama by 20 over under is 66. What does America's foremost authority say? 
I'm fairly certain that Notre Dame is going to represent themselves very well. Now, you, you hate to start with that, but Notre Dame has been so poor in so many big games that it, that is the starting point. So it starts with small victories and, and many of the things that you mentioned and that I've talked about third down and preventing the big play and slowing down the run and not not letting Devontae Smith beat you. I think Notre Dame will look like they belong on this field, and I think they'll play good football. The problem when you're playing Alabama is you can play good football, but they can dictate just how good that can be. And I think ultimately Notre Dame will be game. Uh, you know, you'd like to see them get small victories. You're in the game at halftime. You enter the fourth quarter thinking, Hey, maybe we can win this football game. But I think ultimately Alabama pulls away. I've got Alabama 42, Notre Dame 21. Alabama 42, Notre Dame 21. That is Tim Priester's world famous Irish illustrated Prediction. Okay, Tim, here goes what I think. And back by popular demand, I am returning to the judge's wish for my pick this week. Here goes. The Irish will come into this game with a huge chip on their shoulder, and that's going to inspire them to force five Alabama turnovers. Ian Book will play his best game, and Michael Mayer will clinch the victory on the last play of the game with an acrobatic leap over three Bama defenders into the end zone. The judge's wish... Notre Dame 41, Alabama 40. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.